Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Shahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative, and in this case, entertaining. (laughs) I feel like I'm always apologizing to you guys. I am so sorry. To be honest, there's just been so much going on. Um... And I feel like I say that every time I come to you also, but there has been a lot going on. I actually returned back to work and uh, yeah, it's been a lot (laughs) to say the least. And it's not even that we're catching up because we've been out of work for what, six months, five, six months now. Um, It's just that we don't work as much on site. So we're condensing everything into a few days. When we had five days, we now only have three days at work. Um, and it's just been a lot. And when I'm off now, all I want to do is lay in the bed because I'm tired. (laughs) I am literally exhausted. I told my coworkers, I feel like being out of work these five months, which I know is true, um, my body has not been conditioned to working anymore. And it's just been conditioned to staying in the house. Even though I've got now been, you know, walking every day, I've dropped 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah, your girl dropped 20 pounds. Um, so that's great. But as far as being at work and having to mentally, you know, prepare for work and go through the work day. It's more than physical. It's mental work. So when I get home, I'm like tired. I'm not used to having to be in the office anymore. So, and on top of that, I had um, a visitor come, which I will update um, in this episode. But before we get into that, I kind of wanted to talk on the subject that all things that's glitter is not necessarily gold. So let's get started. So we all know that dating in general is hard. Um, Dating in general is hard these days. Um, Maybe not for my younger listeners, um, the ones who are in their 20s, but for the 35 and up, if you are not either married or in a a relationship, I'm going to say, I'm going to speak for me. By the time that you're 40... It is tough out here, okay? (laughs) It is awful to meet a decent person in your 40s. It's it's the worst thing. Take out the whole equation. Take out the equation that we have a virus and we have to deal with disclosing and all of that stuff and all of the fears that come with disclosing. Take that completely out of the equation. If you were just a average person has no health problems, great person. Um, I mean, just like the epitome of the perfect person. It would still be tough out here today because although you may think you're perfect, the people that come to you, I mean, I hate to say it like that, like this, but it's like, it's not the pick of the litter anymore. It is like, finding a needle in a haystack. I mean, literally, it is the toughest thing to find someone 
beyond when, once you're beyond your 40s to find a good match. You know, not just not to say that people in general are bad, but someone that is compatible to you because you can find anybody. But are they compatible to you? Do you share the same visions and dreams and beliefs and things like that? Do you have to deal with a lot of nonsense like um, past relationships, ex-wives, baby mamas? It's just a lot more that you have to deal with than if you were in your 20s and you have, you know, the rest of your life to go. It's just... Is, I don't know how to explain it. It's just bad out here. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that feels this way. But it is tough to date um, once you get... I want to say even in, once you're 35 and up, it, it gets really bad out here. After saying all of that, um, yeah, I date a lot. And, 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 and that's the reason why I date a lot is because... You know, you get to know a person and once you get out of like the honeymoon phases of knowing this person, their true colors begin to show. And that's when I typically be like, mm, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good right now. I think I think we just need to remain <laughs> as friends. And, and that's why I have so many guy friends today, <laughs> to say the least. But I'm going to say this. Um, Facebook has been really good when it comes to dating, that's, that's why I meet the majority of the men that I date. Either they are friends of friends because I don't, my page is not public. Um, so they're either friends of friends, um, or I'm a part, I'm a part of a lot of groups and Facebooks. So they're either friends of friends or there's someone that's in the group and I may have posted something or I may have commented on something and then said person who is interested in me then inboxes me and we begin to to know each other that way that has been my staple as far as dating um I want to say for the last four years um since I moved to my city um because I'm not from here that has been my way of meeting men I don't meet men like at grocery stores even though I've done have done that in the past and I have met men in the past you know um at clubs and stuff like that. But for the last four years, since I moved to my city that I live in now, the main way that I meet men that I've dated has been through Facebook. No dating sites, no nothing, just purely Facebook. Um, so I want to say early, here's my story, y'all. Early in, and this is the reason why this episode is titled all things that glitter isn't gold and I kind of touched on this um on the last episode because I wanted us to think about the way that we process things and how how things are brought to us you know sometimes you know when we're entering into a we begin dating someone the package looks so shiny so bright it looks like it's right everything's going good And then all of a sudden we discover that what's inside of the box doesn't match what the description was on the package or the picture that was on the package. What's inside is completely different. And how do we deal with the differences? Are we willing to accept and say, okay, this is, I can still use this. This is still, um, something of importance to me. I can, I see the benefit 
even though it's not what was represented represented on the outside of the box, what's inside is still valuable and I'll still keep it. Or do we return to sender? Do we take that item back and say, hey, this is not what I ordered. <laughs> this is not what was represented in the description. I want a refund. So, okay, so let's get to the story. Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.Jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H. I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Yahira.Jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. So I'm in a Christian group um, on Facebook. It is a group of Christians who happen to be single. It's not a dating site, (laughs) but we happen to be single. And in this group, a lot of people end up finding, you know, their mates um, from I've been in this group for about maybe a year. I'm not as active as I used to be, but every now and again, I go on, I may comment, just like I said earlier, I may comment or I may um, post a question for the group and then people um, respond. Now I'm guilty of intentionally creating a post just to get attention. I'm guilty of that because I'm like all of these other people in this group have, you know, matched up and they're married now I was like you know I want to get you know something going I, you know I want to meet my mates so <laughs> I'm guilty of intentionally um directing attention to myself by asking a question so I did this and lo and behold I got people um inboxing me asking me questions wanting to get to know me here and there whatever 
So out of all of the people that inboxed me, there was this one guy in particular, very attractive um, man who was my age, um, no children, (laughs) which was surprising to me. And, you know, he was expressing interest. So after talking, you know, a few days on through Facebook, through this group, we decided to exchange telephone numbers. And after a week of talking on the phone, he asked me out on a date. But this was early pandemic. I want to say May-ish. So me, you know, being skeptical, I have an autoimmune disease. I don't really felt, I didn't really feel comfortable um, being out in public without a mask. So I didn't want to go to a restaurant where we had to take our mask off. And, and probably by that time we were still under lockdown. So restaurants may have may have not even been open. Um, but in us getting to know each other, I told them that I like to go thrift shopping. And I told them that I had, you know, a little side hustle where I find items at thrift stores and resell them for a profit. So he was interested because he, he really didn't go to thrift stores. He was interesting, interested in seeing my process of selecting things and seeing if he could find some things not to sell, but you know, for himself in a thrift store. So we decided to go to that. Our first date will be at a thrift store. Now, just to backtrack a little bit during that first week of us getting to know each other, I did disclose to him, um, that I had the virus and he took it very well. Um, so that's why I agreed, you know, to meet with him, um, so soon because one, I was attracted to him Two, He had no kids. Three, um, (laughs) three, he was, you know, accepting of the condition, um, of the virus. So I was like, okay, we're off to a good start, you know? So we agreed to meet and the first date was great. Um, we went to a couple of thrift stores. Um, I ended up driving because his car at the time here where I live, it was already beginning to get hot in May. Um, I live in the South if you can't already tell by my accent. (laughs) Um, So it was already starting to get hot and his car um, needed to be repaired. The air condition needed to be repaired. So we drove around in my car. Now, while we're driving, um, while we were driving, we got on the subject. Even before um, we met, he was really quick to get on the subject of sex, um, which a lot of times throws me off. You know, I don't know if it's because of my age. Um, some people are different, but for me, I don't like, if I'm trying to get to know you, I don't want the topic of sex to lead our conversation. Um, to me, that's a turnoff. Like I like things to happen gradually. Like once we get to know each other, the the important thing for me in the beginning is knowing who you are you know, me learning of you, you know, what are your ambitions? What, um, is your drive? What, how is your family history? Because I'm on the page of wanting to get married someday. To me, when you are talking about sex prematurely without getting to know me first, that to me indicates that you just want sex. But, (laughs) And a lot of times that is the, that is the truth. But my mistake was I was very attracted to him. I was letting my attraction to him, um, 
cloud my discernment um, and, and my way of being able to indicate when something isn't right. So I ignored the red flags. And those are things that we shouldn't do just because we want something we shouldn't ignore our instincts. The things, women, we have that intuition. The things that hit us in the gut, the things that we feel in our gut, those are true gifts that I believe was given to us by God Almighty. <laughs> that believe it. I believe those are things that God gave us and we should not ignore those things. We should indeed listen to them. Don't cast those little things away. Don't throw those flags in the trash. Those are things that God has given us because he knows us better than we know ourselves, okay? He's trying to save us, but we choose to ignore those things because of our flesh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what was happening. That That's what was happening. I was ignoring the fact that this is something I typically don't like. But I ignored it because I was attracted to this man. You understand me? So anyway, so um, we're in the car, getting back in the car. We're in the car, still driving around to different um, Goodwills. And the topic of sex came up again. And I can't remember exactly what he... Oh, I do remember. I do remember. He was talking about oral sex. And... um. He said, um, I said, well, typically, and you guys know from the episode that I had with Walnut, typically I, um, don't, I don't, uh, engage in oral sex on myself. I, I give it, but I, I typically shy away from, um, receiving oral sex because I'm, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm afraid that, um, my partner may contract herpes on their face and that would be horrible for me to live with I I wouldn't be able to live with that if he gets it you know he knows the risk because I always disclose but if he gets it on his pub his pubic area um then you know that's just between me and him and whoever if we don't work out um you know whoever else he has to deal with that was the risk he took but typically Um, I don't want my partner to go down on me. So we was talking about that. And he said during this conversation, I expressed it to him that, you know, I don't like to do it because of that reason. He expresses to me, he says, well, you don't have to worry about it because I also have herpes. And I was almost crashed the dog on car. Like I was like, what? You didn't tell me that. And he was like, yeah, I I did. I told you, you know, um, a friend, um, you know, has in and and he explained that his friend, um, he knows about the virus because of his friend. I said, you didn't tell me it was you. You said it was a friend and you learned about the virus through your friend. This is another red flag. This is another red flag I, I shouldn't have cast in the trash. Um, and he said, no, it, it was me. I thought you understood it was me. How would I understand it was you if you said your friend has it? <laughs> that was a red flag. But I ignored that. I was just so happy that, you know, I met somebody that I was attracted to, someone my age, 
someone who doesn't have children and he has the virus. So I don't have to worry about giving it to him. Oh my God. I hit the jackpot. You know what I'm saying? I hit the jackpot. What are the odds? Just, I'm just the luckiest girl in the world right now, you know? And so, um, I'm just happy. So I ignored the fact that he lied to me, um, or didn't tell me the entire, no, it was a lie. Cause he didn't tell no truth to it. It was a lie. <laughs> Let's just call a spade a spade. It was a lie. Um, so yeah. So after that, I'm just like so excited about this new, um, friend that I made and we're making, you know, the, the weeks after that, we're making, um, great advances as far as being with each other. We went on multiple dates, um, talking every day, FaceTiming every day. Um, I started telling my friends about him, um, told my mama about him. Like, like this was looking really good. And, um, so, um, what happened after that? I started to find cracks in his story. The thing about me, um, I may ignore some things sometimes, but they're always kind of in the back of my mind. I don't totally forget it. And I may not call you out on it, but I'm collecting those bones. I'm collecting the bones, I'm storing them away, and I'm counting those bones as I'm putting them in the box. Okay, here's another bone that we need to talk about later. We ain't gonna talk about it right now, but if I find out some more, if I start collecting and these bones start you know, accumulating, then we're going to have to talk about it. Might not be the best thing, might not work for you, but it works for me. Okay. <laughs> it works for me. Um, so, so, so as I'm getting to know him, things to start are, are not, um, calculating. It's, it's not making sense. Um, I started to find little pockets of, um, little, little pockets of, in his stories, little holes in his story that just doesn't add up. So what do I do? And this is not odd for me, but in every relationship that I enter into, any any dating situation that goes beyond a couple of months where I'm starting to, you know, say, okay, let, let's find out a little bit more. Maybe I shouldn't wait a couple months. Maybe I should do it in the beginning. But then I feel like I'll be wasting too much time if I do it with everybody. So I kind of wait until I start feeling a little something. Not completely feeling something, but feeling a little something that I start putting on my investigative hat. Some of you guys may feel I'm wrong for doing this, but I have to protect myself. I have to know who I'm letting into my life. So what do I do? I do a little Google search and it's not a little one. It's an extensive one. Nothing that I pay for, but I go beyond page three. Some of you guys may stop at page two, but I'm telling you from my experience, you may find some things on page number 10. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I did that before and found a whole police record on page number 10. Okay, so don't stop at page three. Don't stop at page five. Keep going. If something in your gut, I'm telling you, ladies, if something in your gut is telling you something is not right, keep 
looking until you find it. And some of you may be like, well, that's not right. You know, you're looking for stuff. You're going to find something or you, what's, what's the saying? How does saying go? Um, how does the saying go? Y'all, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, you, when you look for something, you're going to find something you don't like, something like that. But I'd rather find the stuff I don't like than to sit there looking like a fool. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is ignorance. And if something in your gut is telling you that something's not right, you better find out what it is before it's too late. Right? So that's my theory. may not like it, but that's the, that's the theory I live by. So... On one particular night, I had just gotten off the phone with him. And it was a good conversation. We, you know, we did the little cutesy thing. All right, babe, I'll talk to you later. I can't remember exactly what we talked about that night, but it was a great conversation. I got off the phone feeling all cute and lovey-dovey, like, oh, I really like him. You know, <laughs> that type of feeling. You know what I'm saying? Got off the phone with a smile on my face. And we ended the call. We're like, all right, babe, I'll talk to you later that type of thing. Nothing about the conversation during that conversation, I should say, made me want to do a search on him. I believe that this night, God's placing on my heart to do a search on him. Cause I'm telling you immediately after I got off the phone, I was sitting on my couch watching TV. The very next second after we ended the call, I said, I need to do a search on this guy. You could say that I I wanted to do a search on him because I was starting to have feelings for him, but it was just so out of the blue. Now, I I typically do do a search, but there's a lot of times it's because, say, for instance, um, the person starts to get distant or I'm catching the person in a lie. That night, there was no indicator or no reasoning for me to do a search. Not to say there wasn't reasoning before that I, that I ignored, but on that particular night, the conversation was great. I was feeling good. I was feeling him. And the idea of a search just came out of nowhere. So I did it. And like I said, you can actually, you shouldn't stop at the first three pages. You should actually continue to go until you feel like, okay, I've exhausted it. You know, like I don't need to look anymore. I feel comfortable with not seeing any results. In this particular situation, I didn't even have to go to page number two. Everything I needed to know was on page number one, which was a bad thing. Okay. It was a bad thing. Um, so when I did the search on him, I looked in the city that he currently lives in like he lives in the city right outside of um the city I live in it's like maybe 20 minutes away so I did the search there and on the first search result I see his name and it's a criminal record attached to it okay now before I even open it I'm a little shocked, but then I was like, oh, it might not be nothing serious because I have dated two 
convicts before. <laughs> yes, I have. I have. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. You know, everybody has a past. And that's why I brought up the um, topic. The last episode is, um, I think one of the bullet points said something to the fact of um, not looking at your partner's past. Let the past be the past. You know what I'm saying? So I do live by that. But the reason why I raised the question of what are you willing to accept versus what are you willing to look past is a direct um, response to what I'm about to tell you. I found out because the guys that I've dated in the past, um, the ex um, convict that I dated, the last one I dated, um, he went to jail for DWIs. He, he was an alcoholic, um, but he was a very good friend. I think you guys may remember me talking about him. Um, we were friends before we dated for five years. He was a great person. He just had a problem with alcohol and the judge was tired of him. So they threw him in jail. Um, so, you know, that was something I looked beyond because I knew at the time when we was dating, um, he went to jail. I knew that he was a good person. It's just that he had a problem with alcoholism. Um, eventually I had to let him go because he wasn't willing to work on himself for himself. You know, um, there was nothing that I could do to change his mind. He had to change for himself. And after I saw that he was not willing to change, I had to let that situation go because that was something I couldn't live with. I couldn't live with wondering where he was if he didn't come home, you know, if he was in jail or if he was in a hospital. Okay. Um, and then the second person I dated, um, he had a criminal past prior to us dating and, um, he was a drug dealer. Um, and he, you know, that was his past. And he had, once he came out of jail, he turned his life around. So sometimes, you know, finding information out like that, you have to kind of look at the person, um, see that they've changed or if they're willing to change or whatever, you know, you, you, people have the right to be given a second chance, you know, after they've been in jail. Um, but here's the thing. It's what you're willing to live with. Is this something that you can accept? It's okay if you, if this is something that you're not willing to accept, it's your life, right? But at the same time, you shouldn't hold people um, in their past. If they are remorseful for what they did, if they've been asked for forgiveness from God, if they are taking accountability for what they've done and seeing the wrong in their actions. Okay. Remember those things as I tell you the rest of this story. All right, so first um, search result comes up and it's him, it's his name. My first instinct was, well, maybe this isn't him because, you know, it says the name, you know how Google does, says the name in the little hyperlink, says, you know, criminal record, Um, but you don't know for sure until you see the evidence, which is mainly a mugshot, right? So I clicked the link. And boom, 
is his mugshot. Okay? So, I look at the description. It's a criminal record. And if you've never looked at the criminal record, it has the person's information. It has their height. It has their weight. It has what their um, conviction is. And then you have to click the link. There's a link inside of that information that gives you um, more information. So, I see his mugshot. I see his the dates that he served, which ended up being, I think, eight years, if I remember right. So when I saw the eight years, I said, oh, this is something serious, you know, like that. Um, and, and, and the first thought was drugs. That's the first thought that came to my mind. So I click on the hyperlink for to get more information. When I opened it, my mouth Dropped. I mean, literally, and I'm not even exaggerating. My mouth hung open for like a good five minutes. I could not believe what I was reading. And I'm not going to say this person's name ever. So I don't want, you know, this to be um, any type of defamation of character or any judgment on his part. He is anonymous and will always and forever be anonymous on this podcast because what I'm about to say um is is a lot but I want you guys to know why I decided not to date him so I'm reading the information my mouth drops open he is accused and convicted of sexually assaulting a minor so the first thing even even after I'm reading this, the first thing comes to mind was, well, maybe this was a situation where the girl was 17 years old. She lied. She looks older. You know, these kids, they look older. Um, and it comes to find out that um, that um, she was old. I mean, younger than what she told him and the judge you know, maybe wants to set an example of him and, you know, throws him in jail to set set an example of him because, like I said, ignorance is not bliss. You know, maybe he should have asked more questions and that's what the judge... And I'm I'm rationalizing, like, okay, it has to be a, a, a reason for this. Surely he wouldn't have messed with a minor knowing that she was a minor. Until, and this is my theory, until I come out of that, scroll down a little bit more, maybe five more results, still on the same page, still on page one, scroll down a little bit, and I don't see anything else. But then, because on on the um, rap sheet, it says that it's an out-of-state offense. Because it was a sexual assault, he had to register as a sex offender. Right. That's the result that came up on page one on page number. Well, actually, I did a second search because I put together, Okay, it wasn't done in this state. So it must have been done in the home state that he's from. And I knew where he was from. So I did a search for him in that state. And in it, the conviction comes up. But and I looked at that and it provided the same information that I saw on the other page other result I scroll down a little bit more and I see an article about 
the case. Comes to find out he was an educator. And the victim was, this was in the article, the victim not only was a minor, she was barely a teenager, which means she was underdeveloped. And he was an educator, so he knew how old she was. And she was mentally, I don't know what the politically correct word for it, but I'm going to say she had um, mental, she was mentally underdeveloped. I don't know what the politically correct word was for that. So she didn't have the ability to um, um, she was mentally challenged. I'm just going to leave it at that. Which made it even though it's horrible to hear an adult messing with a minor, but when you do something like that to a child who can't even think at her the same way that other her peers can at her age, she thinks of she has the mental capacity of someone younger than her. It's like like how could you do that to somebody? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I couldn't rationalize. I couldn't rationalize it. So after I um, got this information, I sat on it for a couple of days. Because, and this is where, um, this is where I posed the question in the last episode. Do you, as listeners, listeners, do you, because of our plague, you know, what we have to deal with as far as, um, being, um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, because of the stigma that we have and the fear of how people will judge us, are your, when you learn about someone else, say for instance, um, Even if it was less than this, even if it was, say, for instance, um, um, I don't know what could be less than this. Um, What's an example I can use? Say, for instance, if, okay, let's just use use this. Someone went to jail for murder um, in his younger years and he gets out of jail or she gets out of jail. Are you more lenient or compassionate for that person because of, uh, because of your own personal issues of having the virus or do you look at that person as if you know I can't deal with it you know because of your past I can't deal with you because of your past or do you say because I have a past and you were accepting of me I'm going to be more accepting of you do you allow because they are accepting of your condition of having the virus do you allow anything to just happen Do you allow, um, and I may not be phrasing this the right way, but I guess I'm hoping you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Are you more acceptable to things that you would normally be acceptable to if you did not have the virus? That's my question. And I found myself trying to rationalize what he done, not rationalize it, but, um, I found myself trying to figure out a way to look beyond what he had done. 
which in I think in any uh, any other person's um any other person would have been like no he should have been thrown under the jail there's no way that I can deal with someone who would do that to a child I found myself trying to say well maybe this happened maybe she lied maybe um you know this that and a third maybe you know trying to trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and it's one thing to say that you know everyone deserves a second chance you know you know only god can judge that's one thing but accepting and allowing that into your life is another thing and i found myself trying to justify him continuing to be in my life just because I had a past that was less than desirable. Isn't that crazy? Or is that a good thing? That's my question to you. All right. So this is the rest of my story. In the end of it all, I decided to talk to him about it, about what I had found out. Okay, because I'm the type of person, even if I decide that I don't want to be with you, I want you to know why. I don't like when people ghost me, so I don't do it to other people. Okay, so my theory was, and I had shared, you know, I actually talked to my friend, you know, they didn't, they never met him or ever talked to him, so they didn't know him. But I talked to um, a close friend of mine and I told her what I had found out. And Um, I, you know, was going through the scenarios with her and I said, you know, the only way I could continue to talk to him, even in friendship is if he owns up and say, yeah, I did it. You know, I was young because he was, um, as far as the time when it happened, I was young You know, I'm not that person anymore. I've um, asked God to forgive me. You know, I asked the family to forgive me. I'm I'm taking accountability for what I've done in the past, but I'm not that person anymore. I kind of use that as a guideline as if into if I would continue to even communicate with him on a friendship basis. Um, did I have hope that, you know, if he had said that, that we could move beyond, I don't think I could have ever moved beyond friendship with him at that point, but I'm the type of person I don't just, and this may be good or this may be bad. I I feel like I am a person that says I feel like only God can judge. I am that type of person. But there are limits of who I will allow in my life. You know? I'm not going to let just anybody in my life. So, I had a conversation with him. And um, I, I basically told him, I said, you know... I'm not going to sugarcoat this and I'm, and I'm not coming at you in a judgmental tone. I just want to hear your side of the story. And I said, you know, as with every person that I start to really like, 
I do a Google search on them. And this is where he gets quiet because he knows what's coming. And I said, so I did a Google search on you. And as you know, I found out, you know, about your past. And he's quiet. And I said, um, now I'm not judging you. I just want to hear your side of the story, you know. And he wasn't defensive. He was matter of fact. But the problem was he blamed everything on the victim. Now, you may say, well, maybe he's innocent. Maybe she did lie. But you have to think about this. Um, He blamed the victim, said she lied. So then I said, well, how did you feel being convicted of this crime that you didn't commit? What was your mentality while you, I can't just, you know, go off of what you say. I have to examine your thought process, you know, in my, in my mind. Cause I did go to school, um, for counseling, right? So I asked the questions that were important. What was your mentality knowing that you were convicted of a crime that you did not commit? How did you cope in jail knowing that? And, and what did you do? And his response was, well, it is what it is. What could I do? And to me, that was the wrong answer of an innocent man. You know what I'm saying? If you are innocent of something and you are wrongly accused, maybe I'm naive, but I feel like I would defend myself to the death. It wouldn't be, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It, that, that would be not even in my thought process. I would do everything in my power, even with the little things. Imagine going to jail for something you didn't do. Even with the little things outside of jail. You know what I'm saying? I would defend myself and say, I did not do this and look into every possible avenue to get myself out of jail or get myself out of whatever situation I'm in. I would defend myself to the end. And all you have is time on your hands for eight years. And you say it is what it is and you're innocent. Nah, bro. I don't think he was innocent. You couldn't be. You couldn't be innocent if that's your mentality. Then he lied and said, well, I said, well, um, after he said that, I said, um, he said, but yeah, I was in and out. You know, I was, I didn't really serve a lot of time. And so now I'm already knowing you lying, right? Because of your first answer. And then you add this. And I said, um, no, that's not what it shows online. I said, you were in and out. And he said, yeah, I only, you know, I was in, in there and then they, realized that she had lied and all this stuff like that. And I was out and I said, well, on the site, it shows that you served some time. It doesn't show that you were in and out. And he said, it does. I said, yeah. And he said, well, I served five years. Okay. That's not in and out. And that's not correct. I said, well, it showed that you was, you went in on this time. 
and you were released on this time. So that didn't equal five years. That's eight years. And he said, oh, it says that on there? Yeah. He said, that's funny. Hmm. And so now I'm, I'm known for sure you lying. Because you done lied twice in this conversation just by the dates that you served. He said, well, what else does it say on there? Because I, I haven't even been on there to look to see what it says. And I told him everything I saw. I said, it, it shows you know, that you're a registered offender. It shows where you live. It shows when you went to jail, when you were released. It shows when you will be off or when you will not have to um, register as an offender anymore. And I said, there's even an article about your trial. Oh, it says that? Yeah. I didn't even know that there was an article about my trial. Hmm. He said, but yeah, but I'm trying to clear, clear myself now. I'm trying to clear my name and I'm going to get an attorney. But you didn't think to do that while you was in jail for eight years. And now, and keep in mind, keep in mind that he wasn't recently released. He's been out of jail for five years. So within, what is that? 13 years, what is it? 13 or 14 years. You haven't thought to try to clear your name and now all of a sudden that I'm bringing this to your attention, you want to clear your name? This is what I'm thinking. This all tells me that you're lying. You're lying about everything. You are guilty. And if he's not, God forgive me, but his actions say that he's guilty. (laughs) So, um, needless to say, we, we don't talk anymore. (laughs) He has been blocked, um, on social media and in my phone. Um, because for one, I don't deal with liars. And my thing that I always say, and I even said to him in the very beginning, when I enter into something new, you come in with a clean slate, 100%. You have my, um, I, I believe everything that you say. You know, come with a clean slate. Why should I doubt you? I don't know you yet. A lot of people, when when you um, enter into a friendship or a relationship, you have to earn, they believe that you have to earn their trust. I trust you immediately. Your actions will show me whether I should believe you or not. And if it ever comes a time where I catch you lying about something, that's when I start doubting what you tell me. But when you come in, I'm going to believe what you say because I feel like what's the use of lying to me? But if I catch you in that lie, if I catch you in a lie, it's going to be hard for you to get my trust back. Um, And in this case, he was hiding too much. And what I found was something that I could not accept with me being a victim of sexual assault. I could not accept that. I couldn't accept that. And then on top of that the situations behind why he was in jail, what he had done, what he was been proven to do. Um, I couldn't accept that. And he, and he tried to, even after I was catching him in lies, he tried to say, Oh, um, the, um, the district attorney, um, 
had an affair with my attorney and they were collaborating with each other and that's why um I was found guilty I'm like dude you watch too much tv like for real <laughs> for real you watch too much tv so um but yeah but that's my crazy story of my dating life during this pandemic isn't that a lot I was like this could be a movie like for real this could be a movie um But yeah, even after that, I'm still open to dating. I'm actually talking to someone now. Um, It's not brand new. We've known each other since December, Um, but we're revisiting um, dating. Um, And he's even come down to see me during this pandemic. And it was a very nice time with him. Um, We had a good time. So we'll see what develops. He doesn't live here um, in my state. It it actually will be a long distance thing if it continues, but we'll see. All right. So this was my story time. I know it was a doozy. I know it was long, but thank you for hanging in there with me. I've been wanting to tell you guys about this for a long time. Um, But yeah, I, I decided to wait. Um, tell me what you guys think. Do you think I did the right thing? I know I did the right thing, but I would love to hear your input. Um, if you would like to email me, you can hit me up at yahirajoneshope at gmail.com. That is Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S at gmail.com. Oh, J-O-N-E-S-H-O-P-E. Sorry, I forgot the hope myself. So yahirajoneshope at gmail.com. All right. Um, you can also press the message button at the bottom of the screen if you're listening through Anchor or if you're listening through any other streaming service, you can press the show link information and leave me a message that way. Um, don't forget to join my um, Facebook group. I already have a member um, in there from um, one of my old listeners from in there um, from this um podcast joining I, I believe that I'm going to begin transitioning to um doing content on there it's just gonna it would just be a lot easier and I would love to build a community on Facebook where we can all share um and um help each other out throughout um this journey that we have that we have in common um so until next time i'm sorry this is a little long i I know it's long because my my voice is starting to feel a little bit hoarse for me doing all this talking but i hope this episode entertained you um more than anything i know it wasn't very informative but it was more for entertainment purposes you guys get to kind of share a laugh on me and um and um kind of get entertained by my dating experience um but the reason why I I um I um entitled this um episode as all things that's glitter is not gold is because I thought he would have you know just off of the way he looked um you know the way he smelled <laughs> um the fact that he was unmarried never been married no kids um and had you know the virus that we all have in common that this was my my chance, you know, that he was the one, you know, or he could have been the one, like everything looked great. Everything was glittering, but it ended up being nothing but fool's gold in the end. So hopefully you'll learn from my mistake. Um, even though it wasn't a huge mistake, thank God 
that I didn't get more involved than I than I did. It was just a matter of dating. We didn't have sex or anything like that. We done we did some things, but we <laughs> we didn't have um intercourse. Um so um thankfully I didn't get that involved um before I learned from him. So if you learned nothing else from this episode, do your research, do your homework um, when you're entering into these relationships. And just because it all looks good, um, sometimes it's not good for you. All right. So until next time, I'm your host, Jahira Jones. Be safe and God bless.